we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 16th, 2012. And the first part of the study today is just going to be on the whole Newtown school shooting and things that relate to that. Because obviously there's a ton of propaganda and um, disinformation stemming from this whole event. Like there is typically always when we deal with these types of things. There's always some type of an agenda that is actually being pushed through these things. And we're going to be looking at that today. So you can look at this and from a hopefully biblical and um, alternative news source stance, look at this and say, okay, I understand what's going on here now. Um, First, really it's a series of articles from Natural News. He did a pretty good job covering a lot of different things about this. Uh, It's entitled, Newtown School Shooting Story Already Being Changed by the Media to Eliminate Eyewitness Reports of a Second Shooter. The national media is ablaze today with coverage of the tragic elementary school shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, where 27 people have reportedly been killed, including 18 children. As always, when violent shootings take place, honest journalists are forced to ask the question, does this pattern pit up, does this fit the pattern of other staged shootings? One of the most important red flags of a staged shooting is a second gunman, indicating that the shooting was coordinated and planned. There are often mind control elements at work at many of these shootings. The Aurora Batman shooter, James Holmes, for example, and there's a link to a lot of these different things that I'm saying here, uh, was a graduate student actually working on mind control technologies funded by the U.S. government. There were also chemical and mind control elements linked to the Jared Lee Lauder, uh, the shooter of the Congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman Gifford in Arizona in 2011. According to multiple eyewitnesses from Aurora, Colorado, including at least one caught on camera by mainstream media news reports in Colorado, James Holmes did not operate alone. This was the the movie theater shooting that took place recently in Colorado. And there was actually a second shooter involved. Now, I did a whole study where we went into that as well. But the media quickly eliminated any mention of a second shooter from its coverage, resorting to the typical cover story of a lone gunman. Uh... That way they can just say it was just one crazy loony guy. It wasn't any kind of coordinated effort. Why would they want a second gunman? Well, one guy, you're, you've got a totally weak link in the chain because it's only one guy. One guy can be taken out. Let's say somebody else had a gun and shot the guy, okay? They want a certain body count, the Illuminati, regarding these types of events. They want a certain amount of bodies to stir up and to elicit as much shock and horror as they can possibly, in order to advance some agenda. Obviously, in this case, it's gun control. It's the gun's fault. The gun acted independently of itself, sprouted little tiny legs, and went in there and killed everyone. There was no brain behind the gun. There was no deranged person wielding the gun. No, it was the gun's fault. And this is this is the... The way that they approach, as far as their solutions go, that's literally what they would want you to almost believe. It's the gun's fault, obviously. (laughs) And we're going to be looking at that in depth. A second shooter is going to... It's like like an insurance. 
an assurance and a piece of insurance that this event is going to take place and hopefully it's going to take place exactly how they've planned it out. A lot can go wrong if it's just one person. You know, he could be taken out. He could, something could happen. Somebody could else could have a gun. Somebody could maybe try to apprehend. But a second shooter is always going to give them that insurance that there's less that are that is going to go wrong with this. You're dealing with very mentally unstable people as it is. So, I mean, a second shooter from that standpoint would be um, something they would want from that standpoint as well. So, um, there were many eyewitness accounts there was a second shooter in the uh, Batman movie theater shooting. But the media quickly eliminated any mention of a second shooter from its coverage, resorting to the typical cover story of a lone gunman. Today, the exact same thing is happening in Newton, Connecticut, with this school shooting. Eyewitness reports of a second shooter are now being, quote, scrubbed from the news. Uh, As the story of the shooting was first breaking, the news was reporting a second gunman. Fox News reported that the second gunman was let out of the woods by officers. I've seen um, partially that video. And I give you the links here. They're called Videos Contradicting the Official Elementary School Massacre Story. There's a ton of them already. And they're from the news. It's not even like... But this is typically local news footage that hasn't been... That went up, that somebody recorded, that they haven't been able to get to. Okay, so there's a whole laundry list here. I give you a link here to it already. We're still so early in on this that, you know, what the... Ultimately, the official story is going to be, who knows, but um, this just fits the pattern of so many of these recent shootings. So, Fox News reported the second gunman was, quote, let out of the woods by officers, and then questioned the original source of this report was the Connecticut Post, and there's links to these stories that I'm going over. A local CBS affiliate was also reporting the existence of a second gunman, and said... Quote, police believe there may be a second gunman and are looking for a red or maroon van with its back window blown out. And that was a quote. Then the next one, ABC News also originally reported, quote, a second gunman is apparently at large, car-to-car searches are underway, end of quote. Okay, so then the next story, a local Connecticut CBS affiliate was also reporting that, quote, CBS News reports that a potential second shooter is in custody, and that the SWAT team is now investigating the home of the suspect. A witness tells WFSB-TV that a second man was taken out of the woods in handcuffs, wearing a black jacket, and camouflage pants. It's better for them to be able to blame it on a lone gunman than a coordinated attempt, uh, typically. That way they can just focus everything on the one guy. He's the source of the evil. You know, and always he ends up, turns out to be having all kind of mental issue. He's typically on all type of psychotropic meds. Very, very questionable backgrounds. You know, many times into violent video games. We're going to be looking at that today in depth. If that fits the pattern with this shooting as well. Uh, So this is just their MO. This is how they operate. This is the way they like to work things. Going further, it says, but the more recent stories being put out by the media are scrubbing any mention of a second gunman and going with the, quote, lone gunman explanation, which is typically the way it always is, which holds about as much water as a lone gunman explanation for the JFK assassination. A lone gunman uh, killed 27 people at an elementary school here today, including 18 children, in a terrifying early Friday morning shooting spree, reports USA Today. 
makes no mention whatsoever of a second gunman. Um, and there, the, the other news outlets obviously have all now following suit. Journalists are trained to ask questions, and one of the questions I have right now is, why was the second gunman dropped from the media coverage after the first few hours of the story developing? And why is there always a second gunman in these recent mass shootings that seem to be engineered to maximize, uh, maximize emotional shock value due to the sheer horror of the innocent deaths? I mean, what, they're first graders or kindergartners? I mean, how much worse can it get than that? Our hearts and prayers go out to the children and families impacted by this violent tragedy. Given the terrible loss of life that has taken place here, shouldn't we all seek to get to the bottom of why these shootings all seem to fit a common, common pattern of multiple mind control shooters followed by an immediate cover-up uh, of the facts by the media? For the sake of those children who were really killed today, I want to get to the bottom of this and expose the real story for the purpose of stopping this violence from targeting yet more innocents in the future. The motto of the Illuminati, essentially, in the 33rd degree Freemason is Ordo Ab Cal, in Latin meaning order out of chaos. They're trying to bring about their new world order out of the chaos. One of the last things they've got to do to this country is disarm it. A disarmed country is a country that is ripe for slaughter, for takeover, and for imprisonment. That's historical fact. I'll give you the statistics a little bit later on the fruit of gun control, the fruit of disarming its citizens. And this is why they're, this is all happening. These mind control slaves have been triggered to do this. I'm not saying in, in certain instances it couldn't be a real a guy just really, really doing that. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. But there's been way too many of these things to just think, oh no, this is just some random dude that uh, is acting by himself in, in a coordinated effort, in a coordinated attack. There's just been too, way too many. And too many red flags. And we're going to be looking at why that can't be the case in this particular study. I'm not going to just say that and then move on. I'm going to try to back up what we're talking about here today. So, next article. Uh, if you're shaking your head after reading the headline of this article, which is entitled, To Stop School Shootings, We Should Let Criminals Have All the Guns, Argue Gun Control Advocates. So, if you're shaking your head after reading the headline for this article, you're not alone. The idea of taking away guns from all law-abiding citizens while concentrating them in the hands of deranged, psychopathic criminals isn't my idea, however. It's Obama's. It's Bloomberg's. It's Nancy Pelosi's. And everyone else who is now pushing for, quote, gun control le legislation in the wake of the Newtown, Connecticut elementary school shooting. See, that's the only remedy for them. That's, that's the only remedy. It's, it's the gun's fault. The guns have to be taken away from the citizenry. There's no other dialogue about any other way that this situation could be handled. Look who's benefiting or trying to potentially benefit from this. <clears throat> Here's a report entitled uh, ABC New York Times reporters going full vulture uh, tweeting the friends and the family of the Connecticut massacre targets. They're trying to get um, quotes from them condemning guns. That's why they're doing this. When people are at their emotionally their weakest, the press is trying to corral them and get them to basically demonize the guns because it's the guns' fault for all of this happening. It's not 
the deranged, psychopathic, mind-control slaves that have been triggered that are causing all these things. It's not that, no. No. So, the media is trying to milk this for all it's worth. And all going all the way up to Obama with his fake crying session the other night on the... Uh, that, that, that was the most fake thing I've ever seen. If the guy's eyes looked watery at all, it was probably because he kept putting his finger up to his eyes. He probably had something on his finger to actually cause his eyes to water. Common tactic. It can be employed. Okay? The man's pure evil. Pure evil. I, I don't believe that, that he has any remorse. I don't think he's capable of that. I just don't. I look at the fruit of Obama and his Illuminati handlers, whatever you want to call them, the globalists, the elite. These people don't have consciences. His whole goal is to systematically destroy whatever vestige of the United States is left. That's why he was put into office. That's why he's in for a second term. I've heard, heard even talks now that they're going to try to get, keep him in either indefinitely or for a third term. Well, they're getting a lot accomplished with Obama. I mean, you know, they've accomplished more from a satanic standpoint since this guy's been in office than any other president ever, I think. I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm not giving Bush a pass or Clinton a pass or any of them either, but as far as what they've been able to accomplish, it's off the scale. So, um, while the gun-grabbing lobby continues their concert to exploit the tragic school shooting in Connecticut, in order to manufacture support for new firearms restrictions, the fourth column has been following families of the victims around in hope of catching a soundbite, blaming the weapons used instead of the murderer. Um, here's a... I just found this yesterday. And, and, and again... This is really early into this, so there, by next week we may have a whole other set of facts about this. Um, a petition urging the Obama administration to, quote, produce legislation that limits access to guns has more than 25,000 signatures in just hours after its inception. The goal of this petition is to force the Obama administration, like he wouldn't want this, to produce legislation that limits access to guns. It reads in part, while a national dialogue is critical... Laws are the only means in which we can reduce the number of people murdered in gun-related deaths. Laws! That's the only way. What a lie from the pit of hell that is. Like the criminals are going to follow a law. <laughs> that's the very thing they won't follow. All the laws will do is restrict the people that are law-abiding. And again, like I've said before, there's no way you can even go about day-to-day -day now and not be breaking multiple laws. There's so many thousands and thousands of laws on the book that we're not even aware of. We're always breaking something, pretty much. All by design. A petition on the White House's We the People website reads, 25,000 signatures in the first month of being posted to earn an official White House response. The, the gun control petition initiated in the wake of the Connecticut Elementary School Massacre on Friday reached that threshold, the 25,000 signatures, in a few hours. Here's a link to the full article if you want to read that. The problem with gun control laws is that only law-abiding citizens follow the laws. This should be self-evident. So while a gun ban would see law-abiding citizens turning in their guns turning their guns in, law-abiding citizens are not the source of violent shooting. So it's the psychopathic criminals who are committing the violence. And because they are criminals, they will by definition ignore gun ban laws. 
Want proof? Well, for starters, it's already against the law to shoot and kill children. Yet Adam Lanza, and most likely another, as we've learned, did exactly that in Newtown, Connecticut, divine what the law actually says. All by itself, this is proof that laws do not stop criminally-minded psychopaths from committing acts of violence. Remember, all this when you hear all the usual political suspects call for gun control legislation. This legislation will, by definition, only hurt law-abiding citizens who will never even think of harming innocent children. At the same time, gun control laws will do absolutely nothing to stop psychopathic criminals from using guns, knives, or other weapons to commit mass violence. Even the opposite. It will embolden them. Okay, so going further, proof that this is readily apparent, quote, one of the interesting characteristics of mass shootings is that they generally occur in places where firearms are already banned. Like malls, schools, etc., writes Professor Glenn Harlan Reynolds in the USA Today opinion piece. He says, quote, that was the finding of the famous 1999 study by John Loft at the University of Maryland and William Lands of the University of Chicago. It, it wouldn't take a study to prove this. All it would take is looking at where these shootings happen. Are they typically in places where guns are either banned or, you know, you'd have to have special permits, you know, to get into a certain place? Yeah, that's where they typically occur. Um, Reynolds goes on to expose the full live gun control, the idea that criminals will abide by gun-free zones or laws of any kind. The very premise of being a criminal is that they ignore laws. If anything, the gun-free zones are a magnet for mass shooters, explains Reynolds. But again, all you have to do is have a couple brain cells to understand that. I mean, you want to kill the maximum amount of people, and you want to ensure that, that you don't get killed, or at least that you have time to do your sick satanic business. Well, then you're going to go to wherever there is a gun-free zone and where there's as many innocent people as possible where there would be the least likelihood of anyone possessing a firearm. You know? I mean, if you were Satan, that's what you would do. Of course. So the gun-free zones are a magnet for mass shooters, explains Reynolds. And he's right. Aurora, Colorado had the same, some of the most stringent gun laws in America. This is where the Batman shooting took place. But instead of reducing gun crime, all it did was ensure that victims were completely disarmed and unable to shoot back. That's the whole point. That's why these events occur at these places. One, another report reads, if someone were truly wanting to solve the problem of school shootings, they would allow various random staff members to carry guns. <gasps> oh, no, never. Okay. One person, one person in that school carrying a gun could have went in there and stopped that massacre. Or at least curtailed it, where maybe we had half the body count, or a fraction of the body count. Would that have been a good or a bad thing? Oh, that would have been evil. That would have been just evil. So, it would have been better that all those children and adults died than have one person. I mean, this is how you would almost have to talk to a person that's wanting to take away your guns. Like a little child. A little child with a, um, you know, a, a very low IQ. I'm sorry, but I mean, it's like, what about this don't you understand? What about this doesn't make sense to you? 
if they would allow random staff, and I'm not talking to my listeners, I'm just talking to some of you who are debating them about this, they would allow various random staff members to carry guns and post signs allowing intruders and potentially violent students to know that they will not get very far if they plan to carry out an attack. It's like if you had your house and you have signs up saying, okay, and a lot of people do this. My dad used to install like video security cameras in, in you know, signs up like saying premises is uh, video security uh, is filming the premises. Uh, a lot of the alarm companies will put up things like, okay, this, this house is protected by ADT or whatever. And that is a big deterrent. Satan likes nice, big, fat, juicy targets that are going to give him the least amount of problem. That's how I have to look at this. Because this is demonic. This is, these are devils that are fueling this. This is a spiritual thing. I mean, somebody that's um, not demon-possessed to the toenails is not going to have typically any urge to go in and want to kill a whole room full of first-graders. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. So you're dealing with totally demon-possessed, devil-possessed individuals here, or groups of them. So you have to look at what would Satan want regarding these types of events. He would want nice, big, fat, juicy targets where nobody's going to be armed, where they can inflict the maximum amount of damage, implement their agenda, and and that's, that's exactly what he's going to want. Um... They don't want armed people stopping an event like this because then it would prove the whole gun control is a bunch of garbage. They want to make sure wherever these events happen, nobody has any guns. Let's say the guy came in there and let's say he killed a couple people and let's say we had some random staff members with weapons. They went in there and took this guy out. And then they learned his plan to go in there and, and slaughter. Oh, wow, but... None of the first graders were even harmed or touched. They're all living. That would have been a wonderful thing. I mean, granted, some people would have died, but it would have been much better than, you know, obviously what happened. So, you allow various random staff members to carry guns and post signs allowing intruders and potentially violent students to know they will not get very far if they plan on carrying out an attack. It's a big deterrent right there. Allowing random staff members a choice to carry weapons would bring an extra element of security to the equation. Because no one would know which teachers were armed and which ones were not. Even better. Forcing them to assume that they all are. For an attacker, knowing that they are walking into a firing squad can be a very strong deterrent. On the other hand, under our current no-gun school zone policies, attackers are given the message that the whole building will be defenseless. So all the, the garbage that all these satanically possessed politicians are advocating, and the liberals and, and everyone else that, that want this, it is the exact opposite of what is actually needed. They're, they're trying to convince you through their... I mean, all you have to do is just look at this objectively from a logical standpoint to realize that the very thing they're advocating is the very exact opposite of what is needed to remedy the situation. I understand we're dealing with spiritual issues here. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not denying that, and I just even brought that up with the, with the uh, you know, 
these devil-possessed people doing this type of thing. So I'm not discounting that either. But if they implemented these types of tactics, it would greatly curtail these events. Another report reads, Furthermore, when you put gun control measures into place, you are merely taking a means of self-defense away from those who need it most. I mean, would it have been good if random teachers at that school would have been armed? You better believe it. So, you take away any means of self-defense away from those who need it most, placing an extra advantage into the hands of the criminals who refuse to obey the laws anyway. That's all by design. That's exactly what the government wants. And can you imagine, if they continue to try and they, and they uh, take more and more guns away from people, this will just be happening even more often. In fact, expect this to keep happening. I don't know if this has anything to do with what... Um, Various authors have talked about, like the Black Awakening and these types of things, where a lot of these MK Ultra mind control slaves are going to be triggered, these satanic super soldiers. And I think this is this is the dawning of that. I really do. I think this is what we're seeing here, and they're trying to milk each one of these events for all it's worth, and it's all about taking away our guns. So that's what it's about. That's all this is about. Taking away our rights, our liberties, our guns. And this is why I feel compelled to fight this from the standpoint that it's satanic. This agenda is evil. And I'm going to expose it every chance I get. Another report reads, Can anyone else see the connection between the shootings at... Now, this this was a little while ago, but it's applicable today. Can anyone else see the connection between the shootings at Virginia Tech, the sniper attacks in D.C. and Baltimore, uh, the Amish, the Columbine massacres, and all the other public school shootings? These are some ones that happened some years back. All They all occurred at, quote, gun-free zones, every one of them that I just mentioned. Columbine, the Amish shootings, public school buildings, sniper attacks in D.C. and in Baltimore, and the Virginia Tech massacre. All of them were in gun-free zones. Even insane murderers aren't stupid. Even suicidal butchers of innocent people want to succeed at killing innocent people. And the gun-free zones are the safest and most optimal places to accomplish that. It's pretty logical. I mean, just, you know. Fact. Gun control has done nothing to keep crime rates from rising in nations that have imposed severe firearm restrictions. Australia, for instance. Readers of the USA Today paper... Uh, discovered in 2002 that, quote, since Australia's 1996 laws banning most guns and making it a crime to use it (laughs) defensively, what are you supposed to do? Just lay down and die and let the criminal kill you and bash your head in and and rape your family? I I mean, is that, you know, evidently that's what they wanted to do. Uh, Since that all happened, armed robberies rose by 51%. So, again, good fruit here. Uh, Unarmed robberies rose by 37%. Assaults rose by 24, kidnappings by 43%, while murders uh, or manslaughter rose by 16%. So, good fruit. England, according to the BBC News, handgun crime in the United Kingdom rose by 40%. Handgun crime. Meaning the criminals and the ones, they're always going to be able to obtain weapons. Who cares if it's legal or illegal? Handgun crime in the United Kingdom rose by 40%. 
in the two years after it passed its draconian gun ban in 1997. So you take them out of the hands of the law-abiding citizens, they're going to obviously be then in the hands of the criminals, and they're going to take advantage of knowing the fact that everyone in the nation has been disarmed, or most people. None of the logic and none of this logic and reason, of course, will stop people like uh, President Obama from trying to punish law-abiding citizens across America by taking their Second Amendment rights to armed self-defense. Then again, gun control advocates never claim to have any basis in logic or reason at all. They have uh, they just play on your emotion. They want to get everybody mourning together in unison. The politicians, because then, if the politicians are mourning with the people there, and you look at the politicians, then you're like, wow, they're really a good person. Look at Obama with his crocodile tears up there. Oh, isn't that special? It's a hallmark moment, it really was. And, wow, he's a great guy. He's liberal, he's with it, he's hip. You know... He cares. He said they're, they're, they're all of our children. Like he could care less about it. He loves, these Satanists love this stuff. They eat it up. They're masters of deception. They want this. There's no basics, basis and logic or reason to what they're saying. The, the very opposite is true of what's coming out of their mouth. They have habitually resorted to fear and contrived emotions to try to push their disarmament agenda, even in the face of overwhelming evidence that gun control causes more crime and not less crime. As history has shown, mass disarmament leads to even more deaths via government violence against its unarmed citizens. Ah, that's where the rubber really meets the road. That's what the endgame agenda is for all of this, to totally disarm the population. That's what we need, more disarmed people. One person, one person with a gun in any of those situations that knew how to use it, in any of those situations that I've just mentioned could have prevented untold deaths. One person. That's all it would have taken. In the last century, governments murdered over 260 million of their own citizens. But first, they had to confiscate their guns. And there's a big picture of, uh, uh, it's like the uh, Capitol in Washington, D.C., and all these politicians, and there's this gigantic pile of guns that they're starting to burn. And Obama's in the foreground laughing uh, in that particular picture about confiscating their guns. This is what it's all about. Here's the documented human death toll cost of gun control. Here's a little chart for you. It's called the genocide chart. Um, and it goes through the different empires. I've went over this before. Uh, Soviet Union from 1929 to 1945. Uh, it tells who the targets were, the dates it happened, the government happened under the gun laws, the actual gun laws that were implemented, like in particular Soviet Union. Okay, 1929 to 1945. Who are they targeting? Political opponents, farming communities. How many civilians were killed? 20 million. Uh, what were the gun control laws in that specific time range? The resolutions, uh, the 1918 decree, the July 12, 1920. Um, uh, it just go, it goes through all these things and gives you that. And then it says, 
features of overall gun control scheme. In that particular case, it was licensing of owners. So they know who has the guns, the ban on possession of firearms, and then severe penalties. So they only killed 20 million people in the Soviet Union in that time frame. Uh, then there was the Nazi Germany. We know how that all turned out. They were targeting political opponents, Jews, gypsies, critics, examples. This happened from 1933 to 1945. They killed 20 million people as well. Gives all the laws that they used there. I mean, the specific laws, if you want to look them up. And um, <clears throat> so on and so on. The uh, Red China, they killed 20 to 35 million people. It was hard to get an accurate body count. They give the dates here. Uh, then Guatemala, from 1960 to 1981, they killed anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 people. Some of these places, hard, hard to get a body count because, you know, they're so clamped out. Anyway, it goes through Cambodia, Uganda, Rwanda, all the people that have died. And uh, there's a, I'll give you a PDF link to this chart if you want to click on it. You can print it out, or you can print out the PDF as well for this particular date. So, Let's look at something opposite of this. If this is true, what I'm saying, it should be verifiable. It should be easy to prove what I'm saying is true. Well, here we go. Crime rates plummet after law required firearms for residents in Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, this is from World Daily, World Net Daily, 25 years of murder-free in Guntown, USA. This is from April 19, 2007. As the nation debates whether more guns or fewer can prevent tragedies like the Virginia Tech massacre, a notable anniversary passed last month in the Georgia town that witnessed a dramatic plunge in crime and violence after mandating residents to own firearms. Okay, so here we have a town that mandated residents owning firearms. What was the fruit? Dramatic plunge in crime and violence. Right there, that should tell you a whole lot. In March 1982, 25 years ago, the small town of Kennesaw, Georgia, responding to a handgun ban in Morton Grove, Illinois, unanimous, and again, Illinois, you know, in Chicago and these types of places, horrific gun violence where they've banned guns. Okay, in a lot of places where they've banned guns. So, they unanimously passed an ordinance requiring each head of the household to own and maintain a gun. Since then, despite dire predictions of Wild West showdowns and increased violence and accidents, not a single resident has been involved in a fatal shooting. 25 years? Not a single resident has been involved in a fatal shooting. You think that... Why hasn't there been any um, of these mass murder attempts in Kennesaw, Georgia? By these psychopath dudes. Well, maybe because they know the head of every household there is armed. <laughs> There's not been a single resident that's been involved in a fatal shooting as a victim, attacker, or a defender. And that's a quote. With a dramatic plunge in crime and violence at the same time in that area. That is the fruit of law-abiding citizens owning firearms. It produces good, solid fruit. Okay? A tree is known by its fruit. Gun control, that tree, can only produce evil, rotten, genocidal fruit. Obviously, they want to take away our guns so they can round us up and get us into the FEMA camps 
and they know if we're disarmed, that's going to go along a lot smoother. The way it is right now, they're going to have a lot of resistance if they try to come and take our guns. I mean, every time this, this happens, and guaranteed you're going to see another gigantic spike in gun buying, just like after the Aurora, Colorado shooting, just like after every one of these shootings that always happens, people go out and arm themselves because they realize that it's not the gun's fault. It was that there was not a gun there. That, and I don't want to take God out of the equation because God can stop any of this. Okay, But I'm just saying, if somebody was armed on the premises, they could have stopped the whole thing. Most of the time, I mean, even it's even if they're buying the gun to save their own skin, it's a potential, if it's a law-abiding citizen, they have that potential to stop a tragic event like this from happening. But if nobody is armed, then that cannot happen, unless God intervenes in some other way. So, the next article is, um, again from Natural News, it's entitled, Gun Control, We, we Need Medication Control. Newton Elementary School shooter Adam Lanza was likely on meds and labeled as having pers- a personality d- disorder. In the mass shootings involving guns and mind-altering medications, politicians immediately seek to blame guns, but never take the person or the medication they are taking into account. Nearly every mass shooting that has taken place in America over the last two decades has been linked to a psychiatric medication. That's a whole other can of worms. You remember the term going postal? Okay, How all those post office, uh, the people that worked at the post offices were going crazy and killing people? Every, in every single one of those instances, they were on Prozac. Every time. Going postal. On Prozac. Its main ingredients, fluoride. Did you know that? Yeah. Like so many of those mind-altering pharmacia drugs. So nearly every mass shooting that has taken place in America over the last two decades has been linked to psychiatric medication. Again, a tree is known by its fruit. Grapefruit there. I mean, you. these drug commercials are such an absolute joke. And I love it how now they'll, and I don't have a TV, but the ones I see on the internet, it's always a cartoon. Usually with like inanimate objects that can like talk. You know? And like, it's real slow and gentle and, oh, it's so wonderful when you go on this medication and... and Oh, your problem. Oh, of course, it has all of these side effects, including death. But if you take the drug, trust me, you'll feel better. And we have this little cartoon to placate you and make you feel better about it. It's always like this now. And these are mind-altering medications that absolutely 100% have a demonic, devil attribute to them. I'm going to discuss that more in a minute, what that all means. So it appears today's tragic event is headed in the same direction. Adam Lanza has been described as a goth loner who dressed all in black and was obsessed with video games. No red flags there, you know. Adam Lanza belonged to a technology club at Newton High School that held computer gaming parties. Now, this is just part of what's going on with this dude. Now, I, ab- I address the goth subject on, i give you the link here, it's called Listener Question and Answers. The Bible says, all they that hate me love death. Goths are obsessed with death. I've had, every time I, I say that, I have, evidently I've got a lot of goth listeners or something. <laughs> but, 
I get emails from Goths saying how wrong I am and, and how, you know, and I'm like, dude, what planet are you living on? You dress all in black. You, 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 you make your skin white so you look like that fresh out of the casket look. You, you're obsessed with hearses and, and death metal music and this type of garbage and you're telling me that you're not obsessed with death? All they that hate me love death. As far as I can see, that's pretty much what the Goths are about. How could you be a Goth and say, well, I'm being biblically correct. I'm not, I'm, I am abstaining from all appearance of evil. I'm setting no wicked thing before my eyes. I'm, I'm doing this really good thing. Come on. Give me a break. So, then I did a two-part teaching on the fantasy role-playing video games in Anime Exposed. Um, it's not a totally exhaustive study, but it talks about the whole, the whole, uh, violent video games. Now, this guy was holding computer gaming parties. I'm sure none of them were first-person shooter. They were all, like, you know, interacting with Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Pluto. And, you know, there was no, and the Smurfs maybe, too. And there was no violence or anything in those video games. So, um, that's, these are all red flags. These are all things that... Satan is trying to implement in society so that we will become more violent, so that we will become more desensitized. Being a goth loner that's really into violent video games is pretty much a bad case scenario. Then, on top of that, we have, according to ABC News, Adam Lanza, the alleged shooter, has been labeled as having mental a, quote, mental illness or personality disorder. Well, you know, anybody that would do such a thing as this, obviously that's kind of a given. Uh, these are precisely the words typically heard in a person who is being treated with mind-altering psychiatric drugs. One of the most common side effects of psychiatric drugs is violent outbursts and thoughts of suicide. Yeah, isn't that fun? I mean, here Prozac is one of the main side effects is suicide or suicidal thoughts or tendencies. And yet you're supposedly taking it to get mentally right? You cannot drug your body into good health. One report reads, Prozac and its family of psychotrophic drugs are at the heart of 99% of mass murder shootings. The media also hypes victim disarmament zones, like public brainwashing centers, as a great place for Prozac and Zoloft heads to kill. Exactly. People are going to, I mean, a mass murder is typically going to research where, let's say they were acting truly independently, apart from any kind of mind control element. They're going to research where I can do the maximum amount of carnage, where there's going to be the least likelihood of someone pulling a gun on me and giving me a taste of my own medicine. No, I want to go there, kill as many people, and I don't want to be killed. That's their mindset. So, 99% of mass murder shootings are, usually there's some type of psychotropic drug involved. They always go to the place where no guns, where there are no guns, so they can take their time. Savor the moment. They figure this is my big, this is my 15 minutes of fame. I'm going to get, I'm going to milk this situation for all it's worth. Guns don't kill people. Kook psychologist pushing SSRIs do, the, the uh, serotonin uptake re inhibitors, those type of drugs is what they're in reference to. So yesterday reports claim that Adam Lanza had been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome a form of autism 
where sufferers experience difficulties with communication and social skills, which can lead to isolation and emotional problems. Ah, Asperger's syndrome. Okay, a form of autism. Now, here's my comment. Autism was virtually unknown before the modern-day advent of vaccinations. Before 1980, autism was diagnosed in just about one out of every 10,000 children. That's according to their statistics. One out of every 10,000 before 1980. But by 2005, in accordance with huge increases in vaccine schedules in America, the National Institute of Health reported that autism disorders now affect one in every 250. And that number is estimated to increase 10% every year. New numbers released uh, by the U.S. Center of Disease Control in late of March 2009 now show that it's 1 in 88. So, 2005, okay, two, before 1980, 1 in 10,000. If you go back before that, like 1970, who knows how low it would have been. Probably 1 in every 25. Now, you go fast forward to 2005, then it's 1 in 250. It went from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 250. Yeah. And then let's fast forward four more years. Now, this is according to their statistics. It's probably a lot higher than this. Now, it's one, or uh, 2009, it's one in 88. Are now being tracked, are now diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder by the age of eight. And coincidentally, this steady rise in autism rates just so happens to coincide directly with the CDC-endorsed vaccination schedules that have also risen sharply since the 1980s. Back in 1983, for example, the CDC recommended only 10 vaccines for children from birth through 6 years old. 10 vaccines in 1983. And this is there's a link to it, to their own statistics here. Today, that number has risen significantly, from 10 to 29, and counting, many of which are now administered all at one time or in combinations like measles, mumps, rubella. Oh, MMR? You mean the one that's cultured off aborted babies? Yeah, that same one. That same one. And they do it all at once to, to maximally, so that your body can't even possibly process all of these poisons being injected into it at once. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's doing a good job. This is what this is all about. Now, if you don't believe that, just key in vaccination in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Done tons and tons of studies on this subject. So today that number has risen significantly to 29 and counting. So, uh, and yet mainstream medical systems and its allies in the government and media are willfully ignoring this glaring fact, blaming unknown causes in, quote, genetics for causing autism. No, there's no correlation with the, you know, huge increase in the vaccine schedule. So these are the two most common scapegoats, unknown causes and genetics. How convenient. Vaccines, fluoride, MSG, GMOs, toxic chemicals, processed foods, chemtrails are the real cause of autism. I think vaccines are at the top of the list. Absolutely. Because I've known too many people that have had their children vaccinated and literally the one lady, Wendy Callahan, her child was seizing in the elevator on the way down from getting vaccinated and was autistic from that point forward. I had a guy I worked with. He had two, I believe two sons. Got, him, got the one vaccinated, he was autistic the next day. 
Figured, yeah, you know what, I'm going to get my next one vaccinated. He vaccinated him. He was autistic, basically, in the same time frame. I'm sure there's no correlation there at all. You know, just do whatever Big Brother brother tells you to do because, you know, he'll never do you wrong. The Columbine High School shooters were, of course, on psychiatric drugs at the same time they shot their classmates in 1999. Suicidal tendencies and violent destructive thoughts are some of the admitted behavioral side effects of mind-altering prescription medications. Now, if you've had your children vaccinated, I'm not coming down on you. I just have a lot of animosity about this subject because I see how much evil it does. Um, one of the best things you can do, if particularly if your child has had problems in this area, let's say they were vaccinated and they've never been the same since, um, there's a product called NDF Plus from BioRay Labs. They've done a lot of, uh, got a lot of really good studies they've done on that. It's all natural, and um, it's a good way to actually detox these vaccines out of the system. A good, you know, liver, gallbladder, colon flush, uh, you could go to a health food store. That would be also another really good place to start. Uh, doing that, like in combination with NDF+. Plus, NDF Plus, the BioRay Labs, they've got other things that detox as well. So you might just want to stay with them. The price, their, their products are pricey, though. I'm just warning you. Um, I don't have anything to do with the company, but they're, it's pricey. But they've probably got the best evidence I've ever seen for um, helping autistic. I mean, literally taking children that were autistic, and now they're not autistic anymore with, with their products. So that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, it's all about defiling our children, and humanity. You know, you culture a vaccine off an aborted baby. What are the spiritual implications there? And then you inject it straight into the bloodstream, which bypasses all normal routes where something would normally get into your system, like you inhale it or, you know, even if it comes in contact with your skin. There's all types of defensive systems set up. When you inject it straight into the bloodstream, you bypass all those, causing massive autoimmune reactions. And and it's like, it's like if you were going to war... Typically, if you if you were going going to go to war and you had like let's say you're in a castle, well, the outside perimeter of the castle is the first line of defense. But can you imagine if like you were going to war in medieval times and then they just bring in a helicopter and then put all their troops right in the middle, bypassing your walls? It would be like you'd be scrambling trying to find out what what do I do? You know, you go into a state of panic. This is what happens in the body. It's like a big autoimmune spike reaction. And since the modern-day advent of, of vaccines, we've had this explosion of autoimmune diseases that hardly ever even existed before. It's no coincidence. It's all by design. They're trying to create a sick, uh, weak, dumbed-down population that has lost all of its will to resist and will do whatever Big Brother tells it to do. And the medical community through these vaccinations, through the psychotropic meds, the ADD, HD, you know, all this garbage that they put kids on at early ages now with the medications, they're trying to get all of them sucked into that system so that they can never get out and also never have an opportunity to get saved. Because the more these meds you're on, the more pharmacia, the more sorcery, which is where we get the root word for that, we're going to look at that in a second, the more that you're on, the less likely you're ever going to get saved, ever do anything for the Lord, this is the main reason they're doing this. So, let's go further. Um, 
So we know the Columbine shooters were on psychiatric drugs. They were also goths, I'm pretty sure. Suicidal tendencies and violent, destructive thoughts are some of the admitted behavioral side effects of mind-altering prescription medications. There's been a lot of those goth dudes. They, you know, they dress up, in the, dress up in the trench coats and go in and you know, kill as many people as possible. There's no coincidence there. Typically always into violent video games. Typically always having, you know, vaccinated to the gills, I'm sure. Then having to get on the mind-altering medications, which also predispose them to further violent behaviors and tendencies because there's a gigantic demonic devil component to those psychiatric drugs as the vaccines. It's a wonder there's not a whole lot more of these shootings going on. No gun can by itself shoot anyone. It must be triggered by a person who makes a decision to use it, and while people like New York Mayor Bloomberg are predictably trying to exploit the deaths of these children, calling for guns to be stripped from all law-abiding citizens who have done nothing wrong whatsoever, none of these gun grabbers call for medication control. Why is that? After all, the medications alter the mind that control the finger that pulls the trigger. Exactly. Okay, now, I'm going to kind of do a little sidebar segue here. Um, I put the link to my teaching entitled Pharmakia Sorcery Pharmaceuticals and the Roots of the Modern Day Drug Industry. Here you can click on that. And I'm going to read you some information about the study and some of the things that I covered in this teaching that's pertinent to this subject. Pharmakia is a form of the Greek root word which comes from the English word well actually which is translated into English from far, to pharmacy, pharmacist, or pharmaceutical. Okay, so we get the word pharmakia in the Bible, in the Greek, in the New Testament, translates, it's like the root word for our words pharmacy, pharmacist, pharmaceutical. In the Bible, pharmakia carried with it the idea of sorcery, occultism, and black magic. It is in this sense that Paul used the term in Galatians 5.20 as the word witchcraft. In Revelation, uh, which, and again, I've done a whole study entitled Witchcraft, the Coming One World Religion. Witchcraft is going to be the essential essence, the backbone of the coming one world religion. Pharmakia plays a gigantic part in that. They want to get the whole population on drugs, They want to make the whole population a bunch of drug addicts because a bunch of drug addicts are very easy to manipulate, very easy to control, and are already demonically infested because of the very thing that they're taking. And it starts a lot of times with the vaccinations. Huge demonic component with that. Huge evil, nefarious agenda with that, which then leads to further side effects. Have to give more meds. Locked in, get sick, go to the doctor, take more meds, never ends. And that's exactly what they want. You're not seeing the spiritual component to it. And they don't want you to see it. They want you to be blind to it as though, oh no, we're the guys with the white coats and the magic prescription pads. We can do no wrong. So in Revelation 9.21 and 18.23, that word is translated sorceries meaning pharmakia. Do you find it rather disturbing that approximately, now at the time of this writing, which was in 2008, approximately 60% of the population is taking at least one pharmaceutical drug every day. Some are taking up to 15 to 20. 
We are told that we are living during a time of the greatest medical breakthroughs in the history of the world, yet over 100 million Americans suffer from various health problems, with most relying on drugs to deal with the symptoms. Why has such a large majority of the world become dependent on pharmaceutical drugs? Perhaps you're one of the hundreds of millions around the world that is ingesting a daily dose of pharmaceutical medicine. It is is it possible that the pharmaceutical medical cartel has a disease propagation and not a disease cure in mind? Well, of course, that's another gigantic reason they're doing it. Money. There's no financial incentive for a drug company, which is a for-profit company traded on the stock exchange, to ever find a cure for anything. Why would they want to find a cure for cancer? That would take away all their profits. We got the cure. No more years and years and years and years of repeating chemo and radiation until you finally end up dying from that, or even if you get through years and years of it. No, none of that's a factor now. We got a cure. Here you go. There's no financial incentive for that. There's no financial incentive to do that. And not only that, they couldn't control the masses. They couldn't create a weak, sickly population. That's just one aspect of it. So, uh, going further, now I don't have anything against emergency medicine, just so you know or saving a life, that type of thing. But beyond that, that I understand there's exceptions to every rule. Some people need this or that. Okay? Just saying, you cannot drug your body into good health. It's impossible. All drugs are controlled poisons. They all have side effects. Every one of them. It's not a controlled poison. Okay, try taking the whole bottle and see what happens. You take a, a whole bottle of like the stuff I use, like whole food nutrients, Worst, it might give you a case of diarrhea. Maybe. <laughs> it's food. Drugs are not food. Drugs are drugs. They're, they're chemicals. They're controlled poisons. You take too much of them, you die. Pretty much across the board. So, uh, going further here, and again, that's my specialty. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I specialize in clinical nutrition. This has been my life for a long time. I walked away from that so I could have this ministry. The Lord opened that door for me. So I've got kind of a little bit of experience in this area. Just a tad. Anyway, um, going further. Perhaps you're one of the hundreds of millions around the world that are ingesting a daily dose of pharmaceutical medicine. Um, the most powerful German economic corporate emporium in the first half first half of this century, was known as IG Farben, uh, which was a powerful cartel that was later formed into BASF, Bayer, Hoist, and other German chemical and pharmaceutical companies. Bayer, like Bayer Aspirin, BASF. Remember they used to have those commercials? We don't make, I don't know, we make the things that, you, we don't make the product, we make the, the things that go into the product better. They used to run those commercials. Anyway, these are co companies that actually still exist to this day, and we're going to talk about that as well. IG Farben was the main financial driving force behind Hitler. Okay, just so you know, that's the history here. Um, IG Farben was the single largest donor to the election campaign of Adolf Hitler. And the beginning, I mean, he was a failed house painter. He didn't get to where he was at just because he was really charismatic and awesome. <laughs> I mean that in a satanic way, I guess. You know, he but he had a financial backing. He had a lot of help, satanic help. I.G. Farben was the main, largest donor to the election campaign of Adolf Hitler, and the beginning of the modern day pharmaceutical industry. So you have to look at 
if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Whenever I look at something, like somebody says, hey, what about this in the Bible, and some off-the-wall theory, I'm like, where did this come from? Oh, it, it came from this cult, essentially, is what it usually boils down to. I'm like, well, look at the foundation. You know? Look at the foundation of where that particular cult started. And I mean pseudo-Christian cults like Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons or Seventh-day Adventists or these types of things. I call them cults. Because you look at where they started from. Always some off-the-wall, whacked-out prophet or prophetess that were, were getting things that were totally contradictory to the Bible and ended up having their own set of doctrine alongside kind of the Bible. But, you know, whatever they said always went overrid, overrode what the Bible says. How it always ends up going down. So, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, in this case, the, the, the roots of the modern-day pharmaceutical industry in America, you can trace it all the way back to I.G. Farben, which was the chief financial backing behind Adolf Hitler. Accordingly, after Hitler's seizure of power, I.G. Farben was the single largest profiteer of the German conquest in the Second World War. Zyklon B nerve gas, the extermination gas produced by Hoist, was used to kill millions of innocent people in death camps. You can thank I.G. Farben for that. The good fruit here, you know, good fruit. Now, this is the roots of the modern-day medical, pharmaceutical industry. The U.S. government's investigation of all the factors leading to World War II in 1946 came to the conclusion that without I.G. Farben, the Second World War would have not been possible. It was that big of a deal. The Nuremberg War Criminal Tribunal convicted 24 IG Farben board members and executives on the basis of mass murder, slavery, and other crimes against humanity. But amazingly, however, by 1951, all of them, all 24 IG Farben Nazi board members, had already been released and are continuing and continue to consult with other German corporations. The Nuremberg Tribunal dissolved the IG Farben into Bayer, Hoist, and BASF. Well, they had to do it to make it more palatable. IG Farben was the one that people could maybe totally identify with, but if you dissolve it into different companies with different sounding names, well, then they can go their merry way and keep up their satanic agenda. Meanwhile, our government, through Project Paperclip, was, were getting the Nazi scientists, and the, I mean like Mengele and these, these guys that worked in the death camps doing all kind of horrific uh, satanic experiments on the Jews and, and uh, the other races they were experimenting on. And, our, and the rocket scientists, Werner von Braun and these types of people. We secreted them over here through Project Paperclip via help from the Catholic Church through the rat line, and we started working with them over here and taking their satanic knowledge and applying it to... And this has a lot to do with the pharmaceutical industry. Today, each of the three daughters of I.G. Farben is now 20 times bigger, and that was at the time of the writing, than I.G. Farben was at its height in 1944, the last year of the Second World War. More importantly, for almost three decades after the Second World War, BASF, Bear, like Bear Aspirin, who, which is one of the most satanic com companies on the planet ever. Um, 
these three companies, Bayer, BASF, and Hoist, which is now Aventus, each filed, each filled its highest positions with former members of German Nazis. See, they learned their lesson, and you know, obviously. Along with Rockefellers, Standard Oil, Chase Manhattan, who, who controlled Standard Oil and Chase Manhattan, the Mellons, uh, who controlled Gulf Oil and Alcoa Aluminum, which is where we talked about not too recently the fluoride's a byproduct of the aluminum industry. It's another depopulation tool and dumb us down, so it's no wonder that one of, these are these are the Illuminati type families, Rockefellers, Mellons, the DuPonts of DuPont Chemicals, total total pure evil. General Motors, Henry Ford, uh, banks and shipping companies operated by the Bush family. Yes, the Bush family is absolutely totally tied up with um, the Nazis. And there's a link here if you want to read more about that. I, I just don't have time to get all into that today. These were all crucial players in setting up the industrial power behind the Third Reich. All crucial players. These companies poured hundreds of millions of dollars in IG Farben and provided it with the technology for tactic, tactically essential synthetic materials while withholding the same materials and patents from the U.S. government. And this was taking place prior to World War II. Why? Because war is one of the greatest profit-making ventures, is the greatest profit-making venture, that the Illuminati can be in. And they've made quotes about that. You know, like, one day of war is, is better than 365 days of peace. They make more off one day of war. The Illuminati. And not only that, they're getting their satanic sacrifices to Satan. They're accomplishing their agenda. Ordo ab cal, bringing their order out of the chaos they're creating. So, the Rockefeller family, long aligned with the Bush family, owned, owned Standard Oil. Through a stock transfer, they became half-owners of Germany's IG Farben, with Farben likewise owning almost half of all Standard Oil. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, IG Farben built and operated more than 40 concentration camps in Nazi-occupied Europe, including Auschwitz. That's the fruit of IG Farben. That's where our modern-day pharmaceutical companies got their original backing, essentially, from the same twisted, corrupt cartel. What ended up happening is... Through backing from IG Farben and the Rockefellers, they approached the medical colleges in the early 1900s, which at that time were in pretty much kind of disrepair. They, they weren't doing that great. And they each they sent a representative to each one of the colleges with basically a suitcase full of money and said, hey, would you like this? Well, 99% of the medical colleges jumped at it. And they're like, listen, we're going to give you this money. We're going to fund you and back you in, in these types of things. We're going to revamp your facilities. We're going to revamp your curriculum, which was a big one. And we're going to put, I believe it was like two board members on your college. These were the, these were the um, medical colleges that were training the doctors. So you go to the source of something if you want to corrupt it. If a person's education is what they're going to go out and influence other people with, then you want to corrupt their education so that when they go out, they're putting out garbage. This is why I harp on the cemeteries, doing this to the pastors. Most of the time they'll go in there, even if they're gung-ho for God, they'll go in there, the cemetery totally takes away their, 
oh, no, no, this, this King James Bible, it's not the Word of God. There's other better renderings. Go, go, let's go to the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, these corrupt Catholic manuscripts. Uh, they're, they're better. They're, more, they're, they're older, so they're better. And they put all kind of doubt into the um, person that's going to the seminary in the Word of God. They tell them, and yes, when you graduate, make sure you do whatever the government says. Get your 501c3 corporate status. Yoke up with the government. In fact, go one better. Go to the state and make sure you get your license to preach because that's biblical too. Because obviously, Jesus and the apostles, they all had their, their they were card-carrying licensed preachers by the Roman state. And they got yoked up with their 501c3 tax-exempt status with the government so they could have their church. No, none of that happened. There's no Bible at all. This is why... I would call them cemeteries most of the time because they're destroying the faith. And this is a big reason why the church is in the shape that it's in. Because then that pastor goes and he's got his congregation and he's been brainwashed. His faith has been destroyed. Most of the time that's the way it kind of works out. It's the same way with this. If you have a medical college and what ended up happening is, is they went there offered him this money the vast majority of the medical colleges took the bait. Okay, we're going to... And some good things happened. They, okay, let's say they modernized the medical college. They, they modernized. They also bought into the hospitals and these types of things where the MDs would go to practice medicine. Put millions and millions and millions of dollars into this whole scenario. Put two people on each board at each college so that they could help design curriculum. And guess what? Coincidentally enough, that's the exact same time when every disease was treated miraculously with some type of chemical protocol. Who was making the chemicals? Companies like IG Farben, the pharmaceutical companies. IG Farben being basically one of the first and was the main force behind Hitler. Had 40... Uh, 40 concentration camps in Nazi-occupied Germany. Made the Zyklon B death gas that killed and gassed the Jews. This is the modern-day roots of the medical, pharmaceutical, cartel society. A tree is known by its fruit. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? From that point forward, all the, all the doctors that were going in there, they don't learn they don't know anything about nutrition. I think they have anywhere from zero to five hours in some, you know, stupid, you know, whatever nutrition class. They don't know anything about that stuff. They only know drug protocols. You have this symptom, you take this. It's as though the symptoms are, are, are which your body gives you. They're stupid. They just need to be suppressed through drugs. That's how they treat it. It would be the same thing if you were driving your car down the road, the engine light comes on, and you say, you know what, i got a fix for this. You get out your big black felt-tip magic marker, and you just fill in that box where that engine light is. You just keep driving. When you take drugs, you're doing the exact same thing to your body. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we have symptoms for reasons. They're not just to be suppressed. I understand once in a while you get a headache. Okay, I don't have a problem. Somebody taking an aspirin once in a while. But if you're getting it every day, there's a problem. Either your neck's out of alignment, maybe your bloodstream's so toxic you can't even think straight, maybe your adrenals are burned out. 
causing adrenal tension headaches. You know, there's a lot of different reasons for headaches. But it's not because you don't have enough Tylenol in your bloodstream. I can guarantee you that. It's not because you have a Tylenol deficiency that you're getting headaches. But this is how we treat drugs. And this whole mindset started happening then. If they were good and pure, what they would have done is said, no, no, let's bring, let's bring foods, let's bring herbs and these types of things that God put here into good ones, because they're not all good. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, there's hemlock, which kills you. We have to kind of qualify that. You know, we're going to bring in, you know, um, you know, opium. And opium, yeah, is basis for morphine. I understand there's, there is, I'm not saying there's never a place for that. I'm just saying that, you know, it's not obviously something you want to get addicted to. And it is highly addictive. So that's what they would have done. They would have brought in clinical nutrition, supplements, and these types of things, approaching things from a natural standpoint, if they were of God, but they weren't. They were of Satan, and they've always been of Satan, of the highest magnitude and order. Main backing behind Hitler, Zyklon B nerve gas manufacturer of the Nazi concentration camps, owned 40 concentration camps. I mean, what, I mean, uh, how many more big red flags could you possibly get? And they were, they were, you know, basically saying that, that, that what they were, what perpetuated and what happened in World War II with the Nazis could not have happened without IG Farben. Couldn't happen. So we're talking really, really big player in this whole particular scenario. So... Um, let's go further. At their slave labor factory death camp, chemicals, weapons, drugs, and synthetic fuels and other materials vital to the Nazi war effort were manufactured. In addition, eugenicists like Dr. Joseph Mengele used human subjects in the camps for experiments, uh, the data from which are today the basis for many drugs marketed by the pharmaceutical industry. Not too surprising in light of the fact that more Americans die from prescription drugs than any other single cause. It's true. If you take up all the deaths that is caused by the medical society every year, okay, you know, improperly prescribed drugs, properly prescribed drugs, um, side effects from surgeries, post-surgical infections, uh, infections that are got while in the hospital, nosocomial infections, I mean, you could go on and on. You add all those numbers up, it far exceeds the deaths from cancer or heart disease, which were the number one and two killers. So the medical industry is the number one killer in, I know it's in America, probably pretty much the same elsewhere. At the end of World War II, the Allies split up IG Farben into companies that are now the top pharmaceutical concerns on Earth. It's like when people say, I'm going to celebrate Xmas. No, keep Christ in Christmas. Christ was never in Christmas. Ever. Do you know what that holiday was originally? It was originally called Saturnalia. December 25th, the birthday of the sun god, Tammuz. Not, but see, the Catholic Church changed it into the birth of the son of God, Jesus Christ, the son of God. So it went from the birth of the sun god, Tammuz, into the Catholic 
Catholicized, paganized version of the birth of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That way they could make the pagans and the pseudo-Christians happy. That's why it all happened. Saturnalia. High human sacrifice. They sacrificed human beings. And they still do. And we celebrate it as, you know, most people. Keep Christ in Christmas and all the pagan traditions that surround it. All of, and everything about it is pure pagan. It's pure evil. Every Everything from the tree to the ornaments to the wreaths, you name it. It's all pagan. It's all evil. Well, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It was corrupt from the beginning. You can't take something that's evil and corrupt and just will it to be good. You can't do it. You, you can try. Most people do. The most people, that's a deal breaker for them. I'll probably lose a ton of people just because I said that remark. But am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You know, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That's how I pretty much look at it. I'm not trying to lose listeners. I'm just saying. I'm not going to be, I'm not here to be politically correct or to tell people what they want to hear. I'm here to the best of my ability to try to give you biblical truth. Because I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I fear God greater than I fear man. I go around telling people what they want to hear and I stand before God. (laughs) It's not a good scenario you want to be, but that's the norm for most people. And not because I think I'm Mr. Perfect or anything like that either, so don't get me confused on that. But I'm just saying, we need to tell the truth. You don't believe that? Just key an Xmas in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. See if you can refute that teaching. You know, and I tell you, that, that one subject, I tell you, these pastors, they'll do anything. They'll do anything to try to explain it all away. Just go, go, go to a, an occultist or a pagan that practices, and they'll tell you. <laughs> I quote from them a lot. Because they know, they know what Christmas is. It's their holiday. It's their holy day. That's where the word comes from. Just like Ishtar. Easter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. They're all evil. Everybody pretty much knows Halloween is, but those are just one. These are all on the satanic calendar. They're there for a reason, on that date for a reason. So, at the end of World War II, the Allies split up IG Farben and the companies that are now top pharmaceutical concerns on Earth. Among them, Bayer, Horst, BASF, Agfa, Gefert Group, and Casilla AG. These companies just so happen to be some of Wall Street's favorite pharmaceutical chemical companies behind the proliferation of genetically altered foods, transgenic animals, human cloning, dangerous psychiatric drugs, deadly vaccines, and pesticides. You see a pattern? You know, you you do see Satan's hoof prints all over this. I'm trying to make it really super obvious. So here's a couple links if you want to explore. I I just touched on that. Now, listen to my teaching, and here's a couple links uh, I post here if you want to know more about that. So back to the main report. The saying that guns kill people is physically impossible. People kill other people, as we all learn from watching O.J. Simpson trial. You don't need a gun to commit a murder. You know, he used a knife. A far better solution here would be to outlaw psychiatric drugs that cause violent behavior in the first place. After all, if you only outlaw guns but fail to eliminate the drugs that cause the violence, at least in part they cause the violence, 
I mean, I don't want to take away. He's writing from a unsaved perspective. Okay, I'm saying there's a spiritual component, obviously, is the main driving factor here that's associated with the drugs. When you take them, you're coming under demonic, you're coming under influence of devils. Pharmakia, the root word for sorcery. Pagans and occultists, it's very, very common practice for when they go and they do their workings that they're in an altered state of consciousness. It allows the devils and demons to come in them more readily. That's why they like pharmakia. That's why they're commanded by their master, Satan, to take pharmakia. Also, it lowers their inhibition level. So that, you know, normally you're not going to be able to plunge a dagger, an athami, a ritual dagger knife, into a chest and then take out their still beating heart and eat it. Or slice a baby's you know, neck open and drink its blood, which is one of the, the main things that they love to do at the higher levels. I, and I don't mean that to be crass, but I'm just saying, that's what they do. It's sickening, disgusting, evil. But not only do you have to be demon-possessed to the toenails to do that, but many times that's not even enough. You have to also have an altered state of psyche and consciousness, which drugs can give you. So, uh, let me just read this last sentence again. After all, if you outlaw guns but fail to eliminate the drugs that cause the violence, in part at least, people dosed up on mind-altering meds will simply find alternative weapons to commit the same acts of violence. You don't think a crazy guy with a sword can hack up 20 or 30 kids in a school? Or a sword or a knife or even a pickaxe can be just as deadly as a firearm? I mean, what if he went in there with a machete? He could have still probably done the same thing. You know, is it the machete's fault? A guy with a chainsaw can do all kinds of damage if he's out of his mind. Should we ban chainsaws? I mean, where does it end? Is, is the whole thing here. I have thought for quite some time that people on medication are dangerous operating automobiles on public roads. I mean, here you're, you're in a three, 4,000 pound vehicle driving around totally whacked out of your mind. And I see a lot of that on the road. I mean, the things people do on the road, it's like, you know they're on, they're on major meds. Some of the stuff that goes on on the road. You have to be very defensive when you drive. Nowadays, especially. If driving drunk is illegal, why isn't driving on meds illegal? Why are all the wildly medicated people allowed to operate heavy machinery? Oh, because it's from the guys of the white coats with the magic prescription pads. Therefore, it's sanctioned. Therefore, it's okay. So, I would say, people say, yeah, but I'm on this or that, and, and how do I get off and this type of stuff? A good liver, gallbladder, colon detox you can get at any health food store would be a good start, detox. You're not going to feel good when you start detoxing. Just remember, though, your body's going to start dumping toxins. You want to drink a lot of purified water without fluoride, okay? During that time, 8 to 10 glasses a day while you're on these types of detoxes. And here, I listed some products for people that want to know, okay, what are some other things I can do? Because you don't ever, 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 if you so choose to go down that road where you come off a medication, like one of these psychotropic meds especially, you never want to do that cold turkey. You want as much help as possible. Remember, your body's addicted to that substance now. The longer you're on it, the more it gets addicted to it. It's doing a process that your body should be doing on its own. So that process in the body starts to shut down. Therefore, you get more addicted. That's why you have to take more. The receptors get filled. You have to end up taking more, switching med, medications. Then you have more side effects. You've got to take more drugs to counteract that. It's all by design. It's all part of their medical model. It's all part of Satan's agenda to get you under his control and influence. So I list about 
you know, several different products here that would be good if you were trying to actually get off these types of medications. One of them, uh, mood response and calm response, both by innate response formulas of very, very high quality stuff. Um, a product I've used a lot, Minchex by Stainer Process. Tuna Omega-3 oil, it's, it's an Omega-3 that your body needs the DHA of Omega-3s in order to function. Your brain needs it. Your brain is like, the majority of your brain is fat. The vast majority of your brain is fat. And if you don't have the good fats, the brain will not function properly. And most of the people, now they do an autopsy, if they do an autopsy of the brain, they found that in almost every case the brain is shrunk, like significantly, because we're not getting enough of these good fats in our diets. Um, another product called Cataplex G by Stainer Process. These are just things that are very, very good for mental attributes and, and calmness and clarity of thought, these types of things. Also, the adrenals can come into play with this particular scenario. If your adrenals are fried or shot, you're not going to be able to cope with stress at all. Okay? You can't do it. So, anyway, I give you some links to some different things there. These are more along the professional lines that I use, but they're they're what I know, and, and I know they're high quality. Because there's a lot of garbage. Don't, don't go to Walmart and try to, try to you know, get this done. It's not going to happen. You know, you need to, if, if you're going to invest in your body, get, get good quality products so you have a good outcome. But don't think Rome was built in a day, because it doesn't happen overnight. If you've had problems like this, and that's the problem. People are into this Burger King, I want it now, I want it my way attitude. Well, I took it for a day and it didn't do anything. Like, you're going to pop an aspirin, the headache's gone. It doesn't work that way with this stuff. It takes time. If it took you a lifetime to get to where you're at now, you can't reverse that in a night. you got to give any protocol at least three months. Remember, a lifetime compared to three months. So, that's my advice to you on that. Now, um, I'm going to try to finish this out here because we're almost through this particular part, and I know I'm running out of time, but um, going further, a high-ranking police officer in Tucson, Arizona, once told me on the record that one-third of all automobile accidents in Tucson were related to medicated drivers. One-third. That's an astonishing number that would seem to indicate that medications are far more dangerous than guns when it comes to total daily body count. They are. Medications kill roughly, and this is their statistics, this is probably so low-balled, but medications kill roughly 100,000 Americans each year, according to study statistics. The actual number is either 98,000 or 106, depending on what you believe. For guns to be as deadly as medications, you'd have to see a Newton-style massacre happen 10 times a day every year. Let me read that again. For guns to be as deadly as medications, you'd have to see a Newton-style massacre that just happened 10 times a day, every day, every year. That would, only then would gun violence even match up with the number of deaths caused by doctor-prescribed FDA-approved medications. Why does America grieve for the children killed in Newton, but not for the medical victims killed by Big Pharma, or the 4,000-plus aborted babies killed in abortion mills across America each day? Will Obama shed a fake tear for the victims of Big Pharma or for abortion? No way. No, he will applaud all, particularly all the aborted babies. He's really, that's, that's, a, that's a subject that's really near and dear to his heart. He wants to kill as many babies as possible. Yet he'll go up there and fake cry for these, for these uh, children that were just massacred. 
when he had most likely everything to do, the Illuminati backing him had everything to do with why that even happened and all of these other shootings that take place. There's no hypocrisy there, though, no. So will Obama shed a fake tear for the victims of Big Pharma or abortion, or are his fake tears reserved only for politically expedient events that push his agenda of unconstitutional gun restrictions? If, If our goal is to stop the violence in America, we are completely dishonest if we do not consider the mental causes of violent behavior. Well, again, and then there's the demonic end of it, which is really the main thing that causes it. And that starts with mind-altering, demon-infesting psychiatric drugs, which I believe have unleashed a drug-induced epidemic of violence across our nation. Obama, Bloomberg, and others will point to guns to try to convince you that inanimate metal objects are the cause of this violence. But they lie by omission. No gun shoots itself. The trigger must be pulled by someone, and the mental state of that person is the primary cause of the resulting action. To ignore this fundamental chain of facts is brutally dishonest. And again, at the very end here, we have warning gun control advocates are at a fever pitch to ban firearms. I give you four different articles how people are coming out of the woodwork, the politicians are coming out of the woodwork now to just really advance this this gun ban agenda. Um, Boston Globe wrote, after the Connecticut massacre, despair must lead to action on gun control. The despair. See, we, we just need to be despairing that this happened, and it's, it's the gun's fault, you know, and this is what they're saying. The next one, Obama remains committed to assault weapons ban. Uh, next one, Democratic lawmakers, gun control advocates call for new restrictions, and in Colorado, gun control debate intensifies, shooting victims, families unite. So, supposedly, the people that got shot, they're, they're the ones that the press is going to try to get the hardest to cave in and to scream, because... You have a family member that's up there screaming about their child that was killed. You're going to pay attention to that more than you are a politician telling you he wants your guns. Because you're going to try to you're going to have a hard time not sympathizing with that person up there screaming for our guns to be taken away because they've lost a loved one. Or you're going to be more inclined to, I should say, the average person. So anyway, that's all I have for this particular teaching, and we'll go to the next part. And uh, we'll see you in part two. God bless. Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson. Second line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202. Third line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.